Hey, this is uh, Bill Barnes and Gene Anbaum from Unshelved. We are here reading aloud bits, bits of Unshelved Volume 1 starting with page 59. I am just outside Selma, Alabama, where we completely failed to see the president yesterday at the 50th Jubilee of the Selma Bridge Crossing. And I'm in, I'm in Seattle where it's winter, but it uh, is also spring, and I've forgotten it's daylight savings time today. Nice. The first day of daylight savings nice. time. Yes. Top of the page, um, I'm, we're continuing on from the previous page where Dewey has bought one of the spy cameras. And I don't know if you remember, but, but back in back in 2002, which is when this was drawn, like every third ad on the internet was for the X10 spy camera. And the ads were for like, you know, women in bikinis. Like if you bought one of these things, you could you could spy on your neighbors. It was the creepiest thing. But I think the internet was like 89% men at the time. I think it was Girls Gone Wild tie-in, if I'm not mistaken. It was the same company. It was so awful. And it really was everywhere. And um it, it put off the whole, like, it was years before we ever sold advertising because I was desperately afraid that we would have X10 spy camera ads. Maybe, maybe time travelers went back in time and invented the X10 a few years early so that we could have advertising on the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, thank God for that, because I think we all, we all thank God every morning for advertising on the internet. Absolutely, like pop-up windows. They invented them, right? Yeah. All right. So the second one has a really bad joke about tomorrow's name, which, which implies to me that I wrote it. Yes, I was going to point that out. Yeah. Yeah, and also stars uh, on her on her head on her hat for the first time. That, you know, I, again, I sort of and then in the next one, the stripes started going in slightly different way. There, there was a time when I tried these things, but it didn't always work out. Hold on one second. Where are you? Well, it, it's it's worth saying I'm in the laundry room of the campground where I'm staying, and so periodically people might come in and you know do laundry. Let me hear drying going on. Is what you're saying? I'm not ruling it out. I, I, I kind of like the idea that that's uh, the front of Tamara's head. That she's some kind of creature with this giant gaping maw, stars for eyes. This works for me. Yeah, I mean, all we know is that it's a person named Tamar. We don't know if it's the same person. This could be a monster. Right. That could be a real face. It could be. Mm-hmm. All right. Did Did you come up with Did you come up with that that uh, call number for the espresso stand? With what? The call number for the espresso stand in the third strip there. Uh, I, I'm almost certain did not come up with the call number. I probably asked you for it. But these are these are all strips I wrote. This, this is all my stuff. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. Okay, next page. All right. I like it. I like that we've got the we've got that problem again. Yes, complete gibberish. Okay, thanks. It's perfect. It's perfect. The person, the person, of course, that I have the hardest time doing tech support for is you. A typical, a typical, typical moment in in my life with Gene because I, I'm the guy who writes the website. I, I I literally thought you were just rambling right now. Oh, you're talking about the next page. Yeah. <laughs> you have to make that. Uh, you have to make that sound. Bonk. Don't we have Bonk. a sound? Bing. Bing, we turn the page. Bing. So I, I write the Unshelf website, and Gene has to use it, like, and to, to enter in book reviews and whatever. Which is a thankless task, let me tell you. A, a thankless task. And so a typical moment in tech support for me is I get I get a, a email from Gene saying it's not working, and then I have to work on I have to go on from there. I need to teach you about my world, man. Come on. I feel like I know it well now. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, I like the second strip. Do we, do we, uh, he doesn't really do this anymore, but there was a while when he was actively trying to avoid answering questions or, you know, really do anything. He just retired in place for a couple of years, but yes. Yeah. Next page. Bing, bing. The market is crashed, crashing. I'm ruined. I'm jumping out a window. That's really funny. It was funny. There's a lot of emphasis in this, in this strip. There are five bolded, bolded words. What are good ones? Are they is? Oh, they're, the, they're the important ones. In fact, if you just had those, it was just crashing, ruined window, stop, is, then you, you know everything there is to know about. But, but I'd like you to read this strip with the correct inflection. Could you do that? The market is crashing. I'm ruined. I'm jumping out a window. Okay. Okay. Aren't you going to stop him? Well, this is a one-story building. 
I know, but it could get a nasty splinter. Can someone unlock this window for me? Be right there. Shall we just read them all aloud now? Rich, I'm rich again. Thank you. Well, no, you're missing the last one there. The, the very small up at the end. At the end of the third up, panel. Up, up, uh, This is one of those strips, that, again, that is that at the time was funny because Pets.com was old news when the strip first came out. Uh, but now is, like, this could have, you know, that, that could have been actually true unless you went and checked it, so. What is going on in that third strip, man? What, that was what, you. what is happening? That was you. You wrote that one. <laughs> yeah, sure. Blame me for this one. It, it, I, I will say it doesn't breathe of one of your jokes, yeah. but uh... yeah. there's. Um, I don't. I don't like the way this thing um, quite works because I split. Up the, in retrospect, the second and third panel should have been one panel because of the way the. I mean, this was this was a time when I wasn't using word bubbles and I was just using little tails on the on the. I just had I just had the dialogue with little tails and and it sort of looks like the tails from the second panel connect to the tail in the third panel. It does work. That's right. I just want to say I want, I want to say you draw a mean turban and a mean polo shirt. I do. Yeah. Especially, and the combination is kind of irresistible. Perfect. Yeah. Because 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 the turban is the polo shirt like upside down, inverted somehow in your in your world. <laughs> he actually it's has true in reality. He has right? another polo shirt on his head. That's that's all. It is. It's something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very it's a very strange world, Malville. So in the next one, uh, we brought a little bit. Of, I brought a little bit of my life in because. Well, let's see. This is 2002. No, it's not. So Colleen adopted her baby before we adopted our baby, which is interesting. I think maybe we were, I don't even think we were playing to it. I mean, we had a, a general idea. I mean, just to sort of get some context here, my daughter's adopted. But this was before we adopted her. Certainly, we had always planned to adopt children, and so it wasn't before that. But I don't know. I don't know how we decided that Colleen was going to adopt a baby. I think this is right around the same time that I had a kid. That's right. That's right. This is around the time the idea. I think we wanted to bring that in. Yeah. Okay. So then we were both enchilded, I, th- I believe is the, the term. Right, right. But but here's the thing. If we if we decided that we wanted a baby, we we're going to have to wait like nine months till you know, somebody made one. So this was a much easier way. Just like in real life. It's like the library remodel. Just overnight. Overnight. The overnight baby. I like this. I like that in the second strip that, that Colleen, she really wanted a clone. The technology wasn't there yet. It's nice. It is nice. She's not, and she's she's a good, you know, nothing she says is sort of typical mom behavior, and I think that that's always made her an interesting character to me. And I like that the baby Bjorn makes her look like a cable a little bit, or like a Roman senator. Where? The, the third panel of the last one? Or fourth panel oh, of the last right, one? Oh, right, right. It's not a baby Bjorn, it's a sling. A sling, sorry. It's a sling, because I come from the world of slings. As in slingshot, right? That's great. Tamara says she's, she's gorgeous, and Colleen said it looks like every other baby to me. She's smiling, probably just gassed. Uh, she's much more sentimental now. I like it. I like Colleen as well. Beep. Next page. Beep. Beep. It's your turn to do commentary now. Hey, look, there's a guy with a hammer. Ah. Well done. All right. Thanks. You're good at this. <laughs> you like that? Look at Buddy. Look at those glasses. Those glasses going over the over the I ears know. instead of under the ears. I know. I mean, that's where they should. That's where it sh- the, the the glasses should be. But I think the glasses were just a mistake, right? Well, no. The the no. He still wears glasses. I just moved his ears down. Ah, is that what you did? Yeah. Actually, in the second panel, the glasses go under the ears. In the third panel, they go above his ears. So he's really working it. This looks suspiciously like like uh, rodents shouldn't wear glasses. That's all I'm going to say. Look, don't be so judgmental. I know. The the giant plans we had for the Buddy uh, Tomorrow romance dashed. Dashed. Just left on the rocks tomorrow. Well, it, to be fair, it lasted probably for at least a year, maybe two years. I think but we'll see. I think it lasted well into the next book. It was, it was going to be one of these star-crossed, you know, uh, Sam and Diane things. 
except the sexual tension was 100% on his side. He was like, he had 200% of the sexual tension because there was definitely none from hers. I think Buddy's more like Cliff Clavin. You never saw Cliff Clavin in love with anybody, did you? Did Cliff ever get any in Cheers? Uh, I doubt it. Mailman never gets any. Mailman's always just like... I don't know. The story is the mailman. I mean, the mailman's involved in a lot of porn, but maybe that's it. Maybe it's always just a fiction. Uh, I don't think it's a mailman. I think it's a plumber, isn't it? Pizza delivery. I mean, not Pizza that I know. Not kid. that I've seen any of these things, but that's what I've heard. No. Beep. Next page. Beep. Beep. Here's here's a guy that Dewey was rude to on the phone. Go figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. This is there. There's a problem patron in the system where I used to work, and I, I'm sure a lot of systems. But uh, this guy called up all the time to uh, to get uh, to have somebody read him the TV guide listings for a particular day, and, uh, and I've shared this with people. Uh, we did, we did, but then we found out he was calling all over the system. After after like one branch would limit him to a couple calls, and like literally had like check marks in a box, <laughs> like on a on a whiteboard for every time he called. <laughs> like yeah, this quote. <laughs> yeah, like basically, they would, somebody would would run over and put a check mark like he had called that day, and then people would look at the check marks and be like, "Sorry, you've called three times already." And then he would just start calling everywhere else. So all we were really doing is uh, kind of kind of pushing him off to everybody else in the system. <laughs> very very fun times. I like the line in the second panel of the first strip where Dewey says no, and the guy says no, I can't, or no, I won't. The ambiguous no. That's beautiful. Well, I, the, the, the weird thing I heard about this guy was that uh, in real life they called him like the, the TV guide man, right? Which, uh -huh. which is not a terrible nickname for him. He was the TV guide man, right? Yeah. But, but somehow, somehow some manager somewhere was, was very unhappy that they had given him a nickname. And, and then, then all nicknames were disallowed. You were not allowed to give patrons a nickname. Of course, you weren't allowed to disclose their names either. So now, now what do you call this guy, right? Now you just have these three ambiguous checkboxes on, uh, on the board, unlabeled, right? Which nobody understands. Uh, I just love that. Like, it's so effective. Like, can't we, can't we have a taxonomy for these people? Well, and, and it just sort of, it's not like, it just, it just makes it go underground, right? You just have to cover it up. Everyone still calls him TV guide man, but not in front of the manager. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we hear such better nicknames out there. And then when the guy, when the guy goes to complain in the third panel here, in the third strip here, uh, he says, he made me perform a simple task myself. That's nice. You like that? Yes. I feel, I feel like I feel like we're just patting ourselves on the back for for oh look at that strip oh that's so cute well this is you know we were funny we were funny then and I think it's okay that we enjoy look at your look, look at your borderless third panel there at the bottom Bill that that's that's rolling the dice my friend I've got some game I think I'm gonna go with borderless silhouettes I, what I have is a little dice and I roll it and uh, that's however the however the, the the dice says one of them says silhouettes with border silhouette without border. <laughs> <laughs> do you, so, so when you have the silhouettes like that, you actually redraw the silhouette, or you just copy it and then use what you reuse what you can. Like, like it looks like you redrew the silhouette. Copy from where? I don't know. I, I, I was trying to. You mean redrew it? I, I, every time I see a silhouette, I assume that you've just you've copied it from a previous like, you've copied like. Oh, the thank you for that. Thank you for that nice compliment. Oh no no! But I'm realizing you don't. I'm, I'm looking at it, going, oh, that, that guy's pose isn't there. I'm like, I, I'm just like, 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 do you do you literally just draw the silhouette, or do you, do you draw it and then fill it in? What do you, what do you do? I draw the I, I I do sort of halfway between what I normally do when I'm penciling. Yeah. I mean, when I'm penciling, I do kind of a rough outline, depending on how well I know the character. Like these days, when I draw Dewey, I don't draw much of him because I know how to draw him so well that I don't need to give myself too many cues. Yeah. But penciling is a chance just to get everything in the right place, get the nose. You know, the nose is terribly in the wrong place here, but I I think at the time I thought it was in the right place. And so I do kind of a half halfway, and then I just uh, do the outline and fill it in. Did you, ever, did you ever have one of these terrible things? I, I think we got it at like Disneyland or Knott's Berry Farm when I was a kid, where they would they would actually draw a silhouette of you and then like etch it into some kind of metal, and that was like this. It was like the souvenir thing you took home. 
Have you ever seen anything like that? I, I have seen this. Yeah, so I, I have this thing of me. It's like a silhouette of me when I'm like five. It's it's the it's the most idiotic thing my mother has held on to for, for the entirety of my life. It bothers me every time I see it. I just want to throw it out. But now I'm thinking that there's a there's a comic strip called Silhouettes out there. Maybe it's called Backlit. <laughs> Backlit is nice. Bing. It's yours. Next strip. Uh, what are we on? Oh look, it's uh it's, it's We're on it, page sixty five. It's violent Colleen. It is. I wrote that one. Only one silhouette on this page. I know. I was uh, you know, gotta pace yourself. The Colleen silhouette's very recognizable. Oh and, and then our first library tip. Wow, look at that. I don't remember, I don't remember the genesis of the library tip, but but basically uh, I wanted to have like the, the um, Dick Tracy Crime Stoppers. Uh, it used to be that in the Sunday in the Sunday Funnies, uh, Dick Tracy Sunday Funny had a little thing which you could cut out and presumably make a little booklet of Crime Stopper tips. Is that true? I, I don't, yes, and I and I and you can look them up, and I, I kind of based this on that. And so they, this was the idea: those little holes on the side, you could you could punch them out and make a little thing. And and for a while, we talked about making it like a very horizontal book of library tips. And now that I say that out loud, I still kind of want to. I remember arguing for vertical. <laughs> you do not. I never could figure out what those two dots were supposed to be. I, I never knew what was going on here. Well, now you know. I just shut up about it. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I think I based. I mean, I, I'd have to go look, but I'm pretty sure I based it on the actual Dick Tracy Crime Stopper format. Hmm. So I'm old, is what I'm saying. I hope you got that from all this. Perfect. I think this is the only dad we've ever seen in the entire uh, history of the the comic. No, we've seen more dads. Once or twice a year. Once or twice a year, a dad walks into the library. All right. Beep. Beep. So Mel's doing a training. Hold on. <coughs> Excuse me. Are you allergic to training, Bill? It's a little cold here. <clears throat> a little cold here in the laundry room. <clears throat> <clears throat> so, yeah, Mel's doing a training. Oh, that's a nice perspective in the last panel of the first strip. Look at that. <laughs> it's a nice polo shirt, too, Bill. Admire it. And actually, a nice. I think I must have learned how to draw perspective, like, in the last page, because in the second uh, strip, we see we see Mel's office. And there's a nice, you can see kind of the, the wall and the ceiling, and then there's a, a poster for French Movie 2, Mel's friend, favorite movie, I guess. French Movie 2. Well, wh why did Mel go polo this time? Like, like we never see Mel outside of the uh, sweater vest. Well, I think the sweater vest is, hasn't, hasn't yet come in yet. In fact, she's, she's, I, just, I just breezed back, and she's been in a polo the entire time. Wow. Who knew? Who noticed? I'm just no noticing the mad polos here. Well, and Dewey and Dewey's in a white shirt for I think this entire volume. I think it's a while before he, he switches to a black shirt, and then eventually when we go color, we realize it's a dark blue shirt. And look, there's a there, there's a callback to the TV Guide guy in the third panel or the second panel of the uh, third strip. Oh yeah, nice, nice. See, we're establishing a whole continuity. Still on, still in my mind, apparently. Also, in the second strip, you can see me at attempting to draw bookshelves a little differently. Like I didn't want to put in all the details of all the horizontal, all the vertical lines, so I just kind of did the top of the books. Oh, I thought they were just okay. I thought they were just like crammed full of paper. Sure, popcorn could be anything. All right, all right. Hey. Next page. If you can't iron, answer without irony, please pass the call to someone who can. I remember you, did, you didn't want me to use the word inseminate. I don't remember that. That does sound like me. I'm I'm a, I'm a killjoy. You are, you are. Well, you, you, you think things aren't PG with, that are completely PG these days. It's like, it's like you're living in the 1950s sometimes. God, I wish. I wish. You're like, that would never be on TV. And I'm like, that would totally be on TV now. You don't watch any TV. I watch TV. That's true. I don't actually watch TV. But you're always asserting, no, 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 no. This violates community standards. We run repeats every Saturday and Sunday now in Unshelved. And so I always go back and look at the original 
script that we're running, and the one we're running today or tomorrow, or t yesterday or today, is the day we submitted our script to syndication back in 2004, which is so well ahead of this strip we're looking at now. But it was kind of fascinating to, to remember. You mean well after the strip we're, we're looking at right now? Right. Well, this, these are from 2002. This is from, uh, or, or maybe 2003. So at least a year or two after this. It's, I, I kind of forget that we did that, that that was still a thing we were going to do. And so when I, and, and the reason I'm bringing this up is that I, I always was trying to come up with, well, make our comics safe for newspapers. And I'm sure that I'm sure the, the state of the art of newspapers is still a lot more conservative than the state of the art in TV. But there's only like six newspapers and they only print 10 copies a piece. If only either of us read newspapers anymore, we would know. I know it's hard to say. <laughs> we don't. I will. I will. I will stipulate at this time that inseminate is not like a bad word. All right. I I can tell you. Uh, I'm looking at the Colleen taking Doreen to work thing here, where she's she's bringing her to work. I know where I stole that from. I stole that from oh, a, okay. from a British sitcom called The British Empire, which is about which is about Chris Berry, the guy who plays Rimmer on Red Dwarf. Yeah, he plays a guy who's running a, a community center basically, mm -hmm. and the front desk lady brings brings her kid, brings her kid to work and and shoves her in a cubby under the desk the whole time. <laughs> I love that show so much because because he's such a he's such a prat, and because the guy who plays Rimmer is such a prat. Is he basically just playing Rimmer again? Yeah, yeah. Imagine if imagine if like the hologram ran in a leisure center. You know, it's it's just yeah. beautiful. It's, it's it's a beautiful thing, and it's got a lot in common with Unshelved too. So I, I, don't know. I was just reading that there was there was an American pilot for Red Dwarf. Did you know this? No. Who was in it? Well, now it's people. Let's see. It's the woman who went on to play Dax in Deep Space Nine. Dax. Who's Dax? Who's Dax? Is Dax the really short lady? Short blonde lady? No, 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 no. No, the lady with the spots. The lady with the spots. Sorry, the lady spots, with the spots. Exactly. Lady with the spots. And then, I don't know, someone else. Oh, the, the um, Hinton Battle, who ends up being the dancing demon from the musical episode of Buffy the Empire Slayer, plays the cat. Because the cat has to, you know, be dancing. But I know that some of our readers will, some of our, our listeners will. And apparently, it was just it was just. Who, who, who was the woman who played Dax? Was she was she like was she was she Lister? No, no. Um, she I don't remember. I don't know. I didn't see it. I was just reading about it on Wikipedia. Oh, oh this has to be online somewhere. Uh, but they the, they whitewashed it, and so Lister is white. Awesome. All right, never mind. I'm never watching that. Because in America, we have no black people. I can tell you, I've been walking around Selma for the last few days, no black people at all. That's how we roll. Uh, perfect. Yep. Beep. Beep. Library tip, Library tip number two. <laughs> oh, I, I have a feeling we've reused this joke lately. Fiction or nonfiction, is there another choice? I think we reused this joke. Oh, well, you know, I think we get to reuse jokes once in a while after 13 years. We can't remember them all. Some, yeah, we should make some kind of joke about a binary there. I don't think there is a joke to be made. You want to try to come up with one right now? I, I'll, look, I'll look into that. I would make a note right now that my typing would be thunderous. It would be thunderous. It's okay. You won't remember it. We don't have to worry about it. Perfect. Bing. All right. All right. So now a very uncharacteristic moment for Colleen. It's only because nobody's watching. I think that's true. She is dancing literally. Nobody's watching. Is it true that no one can cry when they're dancing? This is very soppy, very cheesy moment there. Bing. Well, no, no, I, no. I, I've got a story for the for the number three there. Okay. The okay. I want to track down my high school teachers. Well, I, I was I was at a party and and this other guy is like uh, with a friend of mine who I'd known in Korea. And this other guy he'd known in Korea and I had had some of the same teachers in high school somehow. We'd, we'd gone to the same place. And uh, so we started talking and he, he, uh, said, he, he said this teacher's name, which I won't say right now. And he said, did you ever hear that that guy got, got busted for having an affair with a student, which I, I'd never heard. And that the Seattle Times had published one of his love letters to her. 
was just completely, completely insane to me. So, so, uh, I kind of wondered what all my high school teachers had been up to, and I started Googling them all to see, just, just to make sure this wasn't happening. I also read that letter. How was the letter? Uh, was it like was it like in the movie perfect. Election? Well, uh, he, he uh, the teacher the teacher argued he had never he had never had a relationship with the student, and uh, I would say the letter was ambiguous. But the fact that this letter was like was like there. I mean, he was always this. This is one of those teachers who was always really involved with his students' lives, and kind of acted more like a counselor sometimes than he probably should have. I remember talking to another teacher of mine, a friend of mine who uh, I was still close to after, like at that point when I was probably, boy, twenty seven or twenty eight, and uh, he he said, "Well, whatever happened, that guy's an idiot for for having been that involved in a student's life." Which, you know, and then and then he actually, and then I found out like more recently after hearing from this guy that he had died, and he was he died like selling insurance in Pasco, just an incredibly sad way to end up. So yeah, anyway, that'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, I know it's it's an uplifting story. It is an uplifting story. Uh, next page. The moral of the story is don't coach soccer. All right, beep. So here we here we get Dewey uh, as a comics guy. I don't I don't know that we 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 really had established it up to this point. Not a lot, but now we're going deep. Well, it's on the cover of the book, so I think we you know he's reading Rom Space Night on the cover. It's on the cover of the book, but I'm just saying that in the in the but the cover of the book was drawn after all these strips. Literally the last thing I drew. Wow, back when Ultimate X Men was good. Oh, that was yeah. And now we're about to go into Secret War when they're going to unify the universes. But Marvel's going to make the DC mistake. They haven't seen DC make the mistake enough. So, you know, we're going to take everything we lo- that you love about our, our superhero universe insanity, all the homework you've done, and we're just going to crap on it. Thanks, Marvel. I'm a little sad about all that. I just, but I hope, that, I hope we get to see Michael Morales, or sorry, Miles Morales. Miles Morales. The, the ultimate Spider-Man. He's, he's my favorite. He's by far my favorite Spider-Man ever. I just, I just like his friend because his, his best friend is named Genki. Like that's all I need oh, to I know. Love yeah. His name's Genki. Done. And he builds Legos. Like Genki's really into Legos. Genki builds Legos. Yeah, he's always like I love him more. He's than always him. buying you know uh, rare things on eBay. Yeah. There are always so many people cosplaying Genki at the Emerald City Comic Con, <laughs> which is in a couple of weeks. It's amazing, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's freaky. Genki, are you Genki? <laughs> be great. Just walking up to random guys, going, "Hey, it's a great Genki costume. Can I take a picture of you?" Are you are you Asian comic book fan? You must be Genki. That's, nice. That's not racist at all. You should totally do it. Is Genki Asian? You can see me. He is. You can see me working on. Um, That's news to me, my friend. Textures. So look at the look at the. Uh, I don't know what you call them. The cubicles. The separators. Textures. That's what you're saying. Textures. The the separators. The rattan. The rattan. The, walls, the, the rattan reference desk is back. I see what you're saying. It is. It is. But also at the top, and then even in the second strip, you can see the little dots on the, the walls. Later, I got. Either lazy or creative, or some combination of both, and started using different gray tones for backgrounds and stuff. But this takes a long time. And you can also see Dewey's motorcycle helmet; it's still there, still there. Actually, Dewey's motorcycle sticks around for a while because he drives Kathy to the hospital when she's about to have a baby on his motorcycle. It's just so weird that like like everybody's cubicle is like a pegboard. Like that's really old. It's like like nineteen what nineteen seventy two. We need pegboards. Well, that's pegboard. perfect for a library, right? Because these are the actual pegboards from nineteen seventy two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what what's the uh, what's the what's the poster in Dewey's cubicle there? What is it? I can't really quite read that. Usagi Ojimbo. And, and on the right, what is it? The Hulk. It's the Hulk, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. See, color, color would have helped that one. It would have. When I was uh, maybe eleven or twelve, we and lived in Chappaqua, New York, which is now famous for where the Clintons live, and in fact, where Hillary Clinton's email server lives. We had a, a thing called I think it was called Community Day, which is exactly what it sounds like. And you could get a little, anybody could like have a booth to do something. And so I had a little booth and I sold, I would draw pictures of comic book characters to people. 
And I, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't draw very well, but it didn't stop people from being nice and buying them. And I just drew the Hulk and Captain America or whatever. You made money. I, I, you know, probably. Yeah. Beep. I don't think it cost anything. Beep. Beep. Again, we're beeping twice. No, just once. Uh, well, here's the return of Buddy the Book Beaver. Hey, Chuck, long time to see. He says, Buddy, it's official. My name changed. The judge just signed the papers. He, he legally changed his name to Buddy the Book Beaver. Well, and, and his ears have dropped. Thank God. He had that operation. Yeah. <laughs> no, just when you get old enough. When you get older, your ears drop. Is that, is that it? it? happens to all of us. Happens yeah. to the beavers. Look at, look at the nice, look at the detailed foreground of Ned in the second panel of the second strip. I don't, I don't know what he's reading. Can't, I can't actually see what he's reading, but, but still. Totally unnecessary, but it doesn't stop a setting the scene. All right. Beep. So he's legal. Okay. Legally by the book. So this is the return of Buddy. You know, originally Buddy was just going to be around for the uh, original sequence of Buddy the Book Beaver. And then, I don't know, we brought him back. Well, I, I like the hint at Buddy's backstory again. You sound like my ex-wife, the actress or the stripper. That, that's a nice moment right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's two things. One is that he has at least two ex-wives, and the other is he's sharing it with Merv. <laughs> Merv gets all the details of Buddy's love life. Let me tell you about the thing that happened with the stripper once and her roommate. Hey, I, I like that. That, that, that. That's a very odd shot, the distant shot in the first first strip, the third panel, where you actually get like everybody's relative size, right? I do that all the time, literally all the time. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. No, no, no. But not, not with so many characters. No, no. Okay. No. Right. I think you worked hard on that. Okay. Guy. All right, I worked hard on it. And it worked. Okay. Next page. Let's see where this goes. All right, beep. There's a whole. There's a whole thing. There's the squirrel. There's the the squirrel's squirrel. back. The squirrel's back. <laughs> it's all coming together, man. It is. Uh, that's that's right. There's a lot of stuff that happens here, and 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 Aline is ends up suing because she's not allowed to bring her baby to work. She says, "I can't believe the library's going to toss my baby out into the street." That's the library for you. Yeah. That's, 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 what, I, what I always love about the libraries are always like, we're not a daycare center, but we're going to act exactly like a daycare center. <laughs> we're going to kind of quietly do that because morally we can't really advocate that people, this expectation. Yeah, we're not licensed for that or anything. No. Yeah. Well, like, it's not like you're going to leave a screaming baby over there playing with, the baby played with scissors. I didn't give them to her. It wasn't my fault. You know, let's go back, let's go back to the first strip here. Um, the one that starts, I need to do a diaper. Okay. This, it's unusual and unshelved. I do it all, I do it all the time and, and not a minute here. We sort of set up a thing and we cut to different moments. She says, I wonder if the board agrees with you. And then we cut to Mel saying, I was afraid of that. Yes, I'll tell Colleen right away. Like, that's something we don't do very much in a child. It's interesting to see here. I don't understand what you're talking about, but okay. I mean, they're having this conversation and then somebody says this sort of, it kind of sets up a line, right? It's a little foreshadowing. I wonder if the board agrees with you. And then suddenly we cut and it turns out the board doesn't agree with them. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if, if, how common that is. Next page. Beep. You rang. What about that squirrel? What about my baby? Look at that. I'm if we're juggling right now. It's amazing. Why are we arguing about the squirrel's gender? Just, it's just that Mel's a little upset that... Oh, look, Mel's outfit changed. Now she has the sweater vest. Well, it came in It came in slowly, and then it got darker. That's nice. What did? And her pants went from dark to light. Huh? You, were fi you were figuring it all out, yeah? See, look, her all pants right. her pants in the, in the third panel of two are, are dark and they're white. When her vest goes dark, see. Well, and then her, and then her, yeah, her vest goes even darker. I hope, I hope that the different banner vest didn't just get actually darker. Oh, and here's where we established that Ned's a lawyer. Oh, that's brilliant. I love that. I remember that moment when we realized that Ned is a lawyer. That made perfect sense. Ned is a lawyer whose chest has the same texture as a pegboard. That's true. That's why his that's why his nickname is Pegboard at the at the nudist colony. Beep. Just for reference, what page what page number are we at now? We're on page seventy five. No, 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 that's enough from all of you. Tomorrow, Buddy's fired. Do we get rid of the squirrel? Colleen, go find a nanny. Ned, put some clothes on. And then she even she even lets loose on Merv. Poor Merv. Just did. Come on, Mel, get it together. 
On the other hand, it's nice to see Mel, you know, having some, some, what's the word I'm looking for? Rage. Rage. I, I like that this is the, uh, everybody has a, yeah. everybody's picking yeah. it, basically. Everybody's picking it in the library. Is that a placard? A it's not a placard. What is it? What is that kind of sign called? Is it a sign? No. Uh, it's a placard. I think it's a sign. But, okay. Burr comes up at the end. Library unfurred and non-readers. Here's my idea for for a new uh, national library-ish holiday. Everybody comes to the library, but everybody has a placard like that. Everybody, everybody has taken like a, a yardstick and made their own sign. And it would just represent their personal cause? Their, their cause or their complaint or it could be a compliment. You know, it could could be anything. Everybody should know where they stand, right? Just for, for one day a year in the library. I'd be like carbs kill. You'd be like what? Carbs kill. Carbs kill? That, that's your library statement? That's your statement about the library? Well, it's not about the library, but, you know, just more generally. Might be like, might be like I returned that book, you know. I don't think I have a statement about the library. Can it just be about me? No, it can't always be about you, Bill. We're talking about something, something library. So I, love, I actually love that we, we brought all these threads together, that we brought Colleen and Buddy and everything. Seems awfully ambitious to me right now. I know. Looking back. I, I can't imagine making, juggling all that stuff. I understand. I think we were, I think we were it, just playing more talented. All right, we're beeping. Here's tomorrow experimenting with low-impact meat. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I think I, I think I read that somewhere. There, there was like a roadkill cookbook or something. And somebody had produced. No, really. Like somebody was like, "Yeah, I'm a vegetarian, but I'll eat something if it's been run over on the side of the road." Because somehow being run over by a car is natural. I, I, it didn't seem like a very natural death to me. But we had a we had a friend once who was just so sort of delicate and sensitive about all the stuff that that the joke was the only the only food she could eat was like fruit that had fallen from a tree because picking it from a tree would be too violent. But if it you know if the wind had knocked it down, what could you do? So the second strip is totally a uh, Doonesbury steal. That's you. You mean I wrote it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's all me. It looks like me. No, it's totally a Doomsbury steal. I did it. I, and I'm proud. I, I remember uh, the third one. Uh, I had heard about a lawsuit filed against a library over a, uh, a graphic novel. And I had, heard, I had heard that the library in question folded, even though it was ridiculous, just over a child having checked out a, a graphic novel. They quietly folded uh, with with no public record of it at all. And we're just like like the parents, the parent and child were paid off. Nice. Well, I hope everybody learned a good lesson there. You you can get you can make money from reading manga. I'm sure, I'm sure that the I'm sure that the kid has gone on to be a productive and meaningful member of society because they learned there that doing the right thing is always pays off. I think the kid's still sitting in, a, in an easy chair somewhere, just running <sighs> their finger over their lips. Going, you know. Beep. Beep. Oh, and then there's a, the bottom strip is the 9-11 strip. It came out on 9-11-2002. It was the, the one-year anniversary. And we managed, to, we managed to turn to a statement about libraries, which is actually pretty, pretty impressive. All right, next page. Beep. Uh, Buddy needs a job. So now, now we've resolved the Colleen subplot. And now it's time to – and once we've resolved the Buddy subplot, that's it for subplots, like for, for 10 years. <laughs> that's it. Plots. That was it. We tried it. It was a lot of work. Subplots don't make sense in a three-panel comic, three, four-panel comic. They do. They do. I do it all the time. I'm not a manager. All the time. It makes sense to you, my friend. Oh, not to me. That's, that's why I had to start another comic, man. I guess. I guess. You, you go for that, Bill Martin. All right. So Buddy gets a job as a page. He was the, he was after, only, after, only after competing, a life-or-death competition. It's like the Hunger Games, right? You're all outstanding candidates for library page. Unfortunately, we can only pick one of you. I like that. It's the Hunger Games. But before the Hunger Games, we were there first. I think I think Suzanne Collins lifted that from us. Lord of the Library flies. 
Nice. Beep. So there's this really annoying girl, and Mel can't stand her. She, in a way, she sort of presages um, Dinah a little bit. Maybe that. Maybe Dinah. Maybe 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 there'll be a spoiler there. Maybe, maybe Dinah, this girl grew up to be Dinah. She became much less Asian. Became Dinah. No, just there's more than one person out there. I understand. I can't understand it. Molly is bright, motivated, likable, and a fast and efficient worker. She loves Larry's volunteers the soup kitchen and sews her own clothes. I hate her. Are you are you reading a strip? Yeah. I I'm really I'm really enjoying uh, Buddy trying to shelf in the second the second panel second. That's pretty good. That was taking you all day. Thanks. It did actually. Mm. Yeah. Nice tail too. That that's an unusual unusual amount of slapstick there. Yeah, look at look at you. Look at you go. I, I like that little bit from tomorrow. That little, she's not like tomorrow's not all nice. She's not a hundred percent nice. She's got this core of steel, and there's some people she really hates. But even when she hates them, like in person, it would always come out in a nice way. Yeah. All right. I think we should stop there. All right. Good enough. Page seventy-nine. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, all right. Good night. <laughs>